Hope you all had a nice relaxing weekend, because in this classroom, relaxation is a four-letter word. And not only because I don't know how to spell it. B-movie education. Today's movie is 1993's Super Mario Brothers. Before we get whisked away to another castle, let's take the roll call. Josh Roth? Just a trigger warning for everyone, I will not be apologizing for my pronunciation of Mario or for how inconsistent it is. You're history's greatest monster. <laughs> Greg Hansen? I've been listening to people denigrate this masterpiece for years. <laughs> Talking about some of the wild choices, how it goes against canon, why was it Princess Daisy, all that nonsense. <laughs> Fab, Super Mario Brothers 2 was a straight up different game that is way more about root vegetables <laughs> that they slapped Mario onto the cover of and called it a day. So don't come after the Super Mario Brothers movie like that. Casey Regan. I'm with Greg. This movie should have been glowing in rainbow light and going because it's fucking untouchable. And I'm Jamie Kennedy. I was so worried this movie was going to take a lot of liberties with the Mario canon, but I'm so glad we got a direct adaptation of my favorite line from the original video game. Quote, you know what they say about little girls, don't you? They never forget the first time they're kissed by a lizard. Classic. <laughs> thing is, that is what they say in Dino Hat. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> Maybe our they don't say That's that, but in Dino Hat, their they says that. And we have a special Player 5 joining the podcast today. Television writer, social media thirst trap, and author of a viral Mario-related tweet about having the same first and last name. Please welcome Neil McNeil. I relate to this movie on so many levels as the Italian from Brooklyn who was named twice <laughs> and constantly gets called out for it. This movie has a very special place in my heart for also confirming that Mario's name is indeed Mario Mario. <laughs> oh, that's so true. You are Neil McNeil. <laughs> He's Mario Mario. I made the unilateral decision to invite a guest on this podcast for this reason and this reason only. <laughs> there is only one person in the known universe for whom this movie is representational. <laughs> it is you. Well, it's a little different. He is Italian, but his last name is British, whereas Bob Hoskins <laughs> is British playing Italian. <laughs> <laughs> or the inverse. Hey, it's -a me, Mario. Hey, you Stugats. Everybody knows it's you. They called you. <laughs> sure, we'll be over in the next couple of days. What's that? Work? Yeah, good timing, too. We ain't got eight bits to rub together. <laughs> so what are we going to do till then? I'm so lonely without my Princess Daisy. Aww. You gotta let her go. Move on. Find another princess, another castle. <laughs>
Am I also Italian or am I just being Daisy? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a great you do whatever you feel is right in this moment, Jamie. I trust you. It's a time for you two to strap in and get ready for a sequel because this original is going straight to the top. Princess Daisy? Wow, you guys really think this movie's going to be a hit? It's your neighbor, Neil. You know, Neil McNeil. Does everyone around here have double names or? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but I don't know if this genre mashup is going to work. Dystopian future adventure with a beloved early tech video game. Even for that sum up, there's kind of a lot going on. <laughs> what? That means there's something for everybody, you fucking gavon. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. For an adaptation of a kid's video game, you've got some very adult humor. Not to mention a dose of slapstick, over-political satire, romantic antics, car chases, Mojo Nixon for a minute, crazed police state. <laughs> Disabun say police state. Does Greg going to always write himself in as RoboCop for his book reports? It just makes me feel cool and useful. Aww. I'll take myself offline. Even this sketch is a mess and doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Also, RoboCop? You think in 1993 adding RoboCop is just going to help? That's a real misread of the tea leaves. Ah! Ah! Oh, yeah! Maybe Neil is right. Adding crazed violence seems like the only next logical step, one-upping ourselves in a frenzy to get viewership. What's next? A dark remake of other kids' classics? What, are we going to have a kind of hyper-violent Batman? <laughs> Maybe we're going down the wrong road here. Would you rather have a kid-friendly RoboCop? <laughs> well, just because it's a lot doesn't mean it's bad. There's lots of art that swings for the fences. It's the only way to knock it out of the park. Does Guernica need to be so friggin' big? Maybe our next movie is like Guernica. <laughs> I agree, Josh. I mean, I agree, Mario. The 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie is as good as, if not better, than Pablo Picasso's seminal masterpiece, Guernica. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I have to agree with you. Me, Josh, not me. Mario! Robocop-like. Dead Neil couldn't agree more. Daisy agrees that this movie is damn fine. So we all agree that Super Mario Brothers from 1993 is great? Yes! yes. Great! End of sketch! <laughs> <laughs> this was all a catfish Wait, to admit that yeah. this movie was good? This established a dangerous precedent where we can use the book report to manipulate our fellow co-hosts into saying things. Now, if you do that, then you're just ripping me off. <laughs> They're brothers. They're plumbers. Oh, no. They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite that gives anyone who possesses it the power to rule the universe. Super Mario Brothers, this ain't no game. Greg just time-shared you guys into agreeing to like this movie. <laughs> For the record, I think this movie is trash. I don't know, Josh. I have you on tape agreeing to the thinking this is a great movie. I don't know who to believe. Why did it get so quiet in here? <laughs> Apparently.
apparently my hot take it just too scorched hot. us it all. too hot. Your hot take that 1993's Super <laughs> Mario Brothers <laughs> is bad? That's your hot take, Josh? In this room, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's not the crowd for it, definitely. Before we get too hot, Neil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Neil, you've been shot by RoboCop on video <laughs> high. That means you're officially a member, in yep. the school. I've made it. Wow. That's hazing. Made it, baby. We've all been Chapo RoboCop on this. We have. <laughs> More than once. But yeah, you're a, a quality television writer, a very talented writing mind. So what do you think of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> this movie holds a very special place in my heart because I remember watching it when I was maybe like 10 years old, not really understanding what was happening and going, <laughs> I guess this is just what movies are, like adaptations <laughs> of video games. Like That's just what it's going to be. I thought it was good when I was a kid, and I thought it was like a lot smarter than it probably was and probably still claims to be. Rewatching it, I definitely don't know how it got made. I mean, I know how. <laughs> it was a product of that time, but it's still fun, <laughs> confusing, frustrating. You know, we were all very young when this movie came out. There was a level to which, like, I had an understanding that, like, oh, when you turn something like a video game into a movie, you have to make it weird. Mm -hmm. You can't just put the <laughs> game into a movie. That's so lazy, fan right? Fan service like, you didn't have to... exist then. Like, really, right, it was exactly. kind of like, fuck the fans, we're making our own thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as time has passed, and I now watch this movie with an adult eye, I don't disagree with our young selves. I think we were right. <laughs> this is the right way to adapt things. Just <laughs> put the labels on whatever nope, you want wrong 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 <laughs> we also now have to go on record currently josh is trashing the writing credits of three wga <laughs> union writers yeah. mm. so just i just want to know where you stand on this uh, <laughs> josh. saying there's only three screenwriters is selling this movie too short yes maybe three credited screenwriters <laughs> in fact i align with the wga in saying all 73 people who contributed to writing this movie should have should have been listed. shamed <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah their name should be put up in a town center somewhere like <laughs> nailed in i mean it should be said that one of the writers Ed Solomon very much did not have his career tanked by this movie. In fact, his very next credit is Men in Black. Damn. Okay. So. <laughs> I will say this. Some of the lines in the movie are fucking great. Oh, yeah. There are some truly fantastic lines. And then there is some hot garbage. But. Koopa ordering pizza is A plus. A plus joke, no notes. Yeah. <laughs> With no payoff whatsoever, except in a deleted scene that, like. Wait, there's a deleted scene? There's about a deleted it? scene where he finally delivers the pizza after Koopa's been turned into goo. Uh, okay. So I guess I have to ask Josh, is your feeling of this movie about this movie? Or is it about your expectations on this movie? <laughs> Good question. That is a very fair question. I think it's the movie because I rewatched it a couple years ago and after having not seen it for a long time and thinking I liked it, thinking it was a good bad movie. And then I rewatched it and my brain just sort of short circuited. And I think the problem I have with the movie is that it really focuses on lore dumping and then 
none of the pieces of the lore dumping match up, <laughs> but it keeps shoving it on me. And I'm like, I don't want to think about your logic. Don't make me think about the logic. It's true. At least the new Mario Brothers movie had the decency to be like, these are the power-ups. They make us better. Okay. And then just moved on from that plot point. If if this movie had that level of like, I'm not going to make you think about the world, yeah. maybe I would feel differently. Follow up, Josh. Yes. I think that a lot of people's distaste for this movie comes from the fact that it's called Super Mario Bros. Yes. Yeah. If it was literally the exact same movie, but just was called something else- Okay, that's fair. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love okay. it. It's just that there's not a single frame of this movie that if you showed it to a child who was a fan of Mario and was like, this is the Mario Brothers movie, he'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that one elevator scene where they're in the outfits. That's true. You're right. You're the right. outfits the one that are the frame. complete wrong color. <laughs> but that's immaterial. Why you is know? that immaterial? To be fair, though, Greg, I do agree with Josh that this movie does suffer from feeling the need to constantly reiterate its premise gather characters together and just say the words like other dimensions and dinosaurs at us when like it's like yeah no we got it <laughs> there was like a whole animation at the beginning of the movie explaining it to us we totally if anything the more you explain it the more I'm questioning yes, it exactly. and it's getting worse because like the, the design like the production design of the film I buy into all of that I'm like this world makes sense to me but the, the more sparking cars yeah. love oh, that I do love the fact that there's no fossil fuels in this world because they never became fossils so you have like sparking electricity driven police cars driving everywhere wonderful so there's some really well thought out things even though, like the thwomp shoes which are not thwomp thing related at all but they're neat but it explains why mario can jump some t for one time for one scene did you hear the little venom in your voice there josh <laughs> when you said but then they're not thwomp, actually. <laughs> you gotta diagnose that in yourself, buddy. You gotta be able to see where your opinion of this movie is being, it's a little tainted. <laughs> a little? Reading about Roland Joffe, the producer who like bought the rights from Nintendo at a relatively low price considering pretty much on the promise of like, I'm gonna actually make a movie because my movie is not exactly Super Mario Brothers, right? That was the promise and Nintendo was like, cool, here you go, go for it. And then he hired... Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton on the basis of their pitch exactly what keeps getting repeated in the movie <laughs> 65 million years ago meteor hit the earth alternate dimension dinosaurs instead of people uh, bloop, bloop, bloop. Now, we're in, now we're in dinosaur bird baby there's something funny about being like all right we need to keep rewriting the script and what should we keep writing into the script that one idea we liked initially? Yeah. <laughs> that, that one idea that we all agreed on. We'll just keep writing scenes where characters <laughs> say that. Let's -a go! <laughs> we begin 65 million years ago in Brooklyn, New York, where our universe is split into two parallel dimensions when a meteorite hit Earth and sent the dinosaurs living there to their own dimension, where they would evolve into a humanoid race and found the city of Dinohattan. This, of course, also posits the creation of three parallel dimensions, technically including our own, unless they really want to spit in the face of science and history with their assertion that a meteorite hit Brooklyn 65 million years ago, not 66 million years ago. But
but this is very early in this ridiculous movie for me to be splitting hairs this much. Jumping ahead to the year 1973, where in the dead of the night, a mysterious woman drops a giant egg off at a Catholic orphanage before being caught by a Dennis Hopper in Army General getup that she calls Koopa. Her sacrifice is not in vain, however, because the egg hatches into a human baby girl. Okay, one more fast forward, and we're caught up with the modern setting of our movie. 1993 Brooklyn, New York. Do -do 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 -do. I'm walking here. The Mario brothers are down on their luck orphan plumbers. Luigi likes watching conspiracy television shows, and you just know that in 2020, he probably got roped into QAnon. Sorry to burst everyone's pipes. There have been a string of missing girls in Brooklyn, so says exposition headlines, but we don't have time for minutia because we need to get swept away to another main character. A mafioso construction company has stumbled upon a unique site of dinosaur fossils that NYU grad students, led by Daisy, now have the authority to upend with their research. But mob boss Anthony Scapelli is layering the threats on thick to get his crew back to work. On edge, Daisy seeks out a payphone to call for some backup, where she meets a head-over-heels Luigi. Thankfully, suave wingman extraordinaire Bob Hoskins <laughs> is there to help Luigi seal the deal and invite Daisy to a double-date dinner. Luigi and Daisy have so much in common. They're both orphans, and they're both in this movie. <laughs> and Luigi never wants the date to end, so he offers to walk Daisy home. Which is a fortunate thing, because those aforementioned Scapelli goons earlier, well, they're not in the picture, but two other mysterious goons are, and they have orders to kidnap Daisy. Fortunately, they're not the sharpest shells in the terrarium, and they grab and bag Mario's girlfriend Daniela instead. Mamma mia, here we go again. <laughs> On their prolonged walk home, Daisy decides to bring Luigi to the excavation site because she's a real peach. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The fossils at the site are unlike anything paleontologists have seen before. They're quickly interrupted by Scapelli's goons back in the picture, sabotaging the plumbing at the site and threatening to wash them all away. Thankfully, Luigi knows what to do. Call Mario. <laughs> Mario plugs up one disaster, but the plot meanders on. They're bonked over the head by Koopa's goons, Iggy and Spike, and as we know from the game, if they don't have a power-up, one hit is enough to make the Mario brothers lose a life. While they're out, the goons take Daisy. Luigi chases after them and finds her being sucked into a particle map, but all he can grab onto is the mysterious rock she keeps tied around her neck. Luigi, king of good instincts, jumps through the apparent solid rock wall, and after falling through the backdrop to Nickelodeon Arcade, the brothers emerge on the other side, Dino Hatton. Here, Koopa is king, literally. A spiky-haired Dennis Hopper who rants and raves to Aunt Petunia that the mammals have had the superior universe for too long. It's his dream to use the meteor piece Daisy possesses to merge the two universes and take over. The Mario brothers are robbed by an elderly grandmother who is in turn robbed by the finest woman in jet-powered rocket boots you have ever seen. And Luigi has lost the meteor piece. As if things couldn't get worse, the brothers now meet a spiky-haired protest song busker called Toad. His protest song gets himself and the Marios arrested by the fascist police where they have to get processed and defungused. Yes, just for the record, this is a mushroom kingdom through the lens of a Cronenberg protege. <laughs> Toad does an exposition dump on the brothers about the whole parallel world situation and theorizes that all fungus out there is their old king de-evolved and split apart, which again is a thwomp boot-sized leap to take. But since Luigi is a conspiracy theorist head, he kind of takes this all at face value and will only be validated as time goes on. The brothers are summoned into questioning with King Cooper directly. Chance time! <laughs> 
There we go. I, I worked in, I think, more references to the games than the movie did in that summary of I Act so. 1. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, certainly in Act 1, I think possibly even the entire movie. Yep. Now, it is crazy to me, for those of us who have seen the new Mario Brothers movie, that a lot of the opening of this movie and that movie are kind of similar. Like, down to, like, getting into the alternate dimension through this, like, underground tunnel. Really? Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, yes. the game is about tunnels. Yeah, so. it is. Like. It's just, it's hard to know if it's an homage in the new one or they literally just couldn't think of a better idea than what already existed. Is Brooklyn canon to the game? I don't, I don't think, know, so. think so. No, not at all. No, that's just where it's Italians are that's, yeah. that's where Italians live. I don't even think he's technically like a New Yorker. He's just Italian. He's in the game. Not, yeah. We don't even know if he's Italian. He's just named you're, Mario. You're right. We don't even know that. Wait, wait, are you going to take that away from us? Okay. We'll be right there. Luigi, we got a broken dishwasher at the Riverfront Cafe. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Mike. Oh, Mario Mario. Right now, a miraculous world, this guy just found out that he was in another dimension. The only thing miraculous I know is that we're still eating while we're going broke. We ain't going broke, Mario. We're already there. Yeah. It's crazy to me that you guys could hear that synopsis and go, this isn't a good movie. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not the synopsis. It's not the log line that I have a problem with. It's the execution that I have a problem right, with. Right, which is crazier. Because this movie feels like fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit as directed by Paul Verhoeven. So I don't get like... That's good. Yeah. That's not Pretty wrong, good. not wrong. <laughs> and they were like, while we're on it, let's take Bob too. Since we're playing in the sandbox. Thank God they did. I know Bob Hoskins and everyone maybe did not have the best experience on this movie. And maybe he's not the Mario you would have pictured, but he's my Mario now. <laughs> I love that he's a ladies' man, but also in a committed relationship and has fantastic romantic advice for his brother and is not the love interest to the peach stand-in in this movie, despite all canon saying that he probably should be. Yeah. He's wonderful. I love him. I like that Luigi is the emotional center of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that Mario, he has a love interest in the movie, which is his tools. Yeah. <laughs> they really leaned into the plumbing, and I love that. It's so wild. Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton, before this, famously did Max Headroom, but before that, they were animators and music video directors. And they did a music video for the Talking Heads for their song Blind in 1988. And it features prominently a singing wrench in the video. Oh, wow. And I was like, I love their fucking wrench fetish. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this movie is hardware porn. It's hard for hardware, yes. <laughs> Bob Hoskins agreed. Everyone Incredible. loves Bob Hoskins. Inspired casting choices. Yeah. What about John Leguizamo? Also great. Well, John Leguizamo has big thoughts about the new movie. And <laughs> does he really? I don't think I've heard that. Uh, because he's like, you know, we broke ground and we had a very diverse cast, and by that he meant him playing Luigi. <laughs> and he's like, and now you cast, you know really white people to play Mario and Luigi in the new one. He was like, I don't have any interest in uh, you know that what? That's fair. backstep. <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of that. I didn't quite know any of the details. It's both a like totally reasonable, understandable complaint and a funny complaint. <laughs> <laughs> there should be more parts for Hispanic actors, yes, in the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You think so? Why would you do without your big brother? I'd like to give it a shot and find out. Oh, come on. I was just about to ask her that. You weren't about to ask her nothing. You was gonna let her go. Now she's gonna think I'm a complete idiot. Come on, you're gonna see it tonight. You impress her with your manners. Yeah, but why did you tell her that I sucked my thumb, huh? I just don't understand why they didn't... He just didn't have a mustache. That was yeah. the most confusing part of this all. Like, for some reason in my head, they both had mustaches in this yeah. movie. You replaced, you would, you would put the mustache onto yeah. John Leguizamo. You Mandela and affected it. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm thinking, did he have a mustache in, in Moulin Rouge? <laughs> did John Leguizamo? Did. Yeah, yeah, John Leguizamo. When he was, um, yeah, because also- Toulouse. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, now, Neil, we can't trust you. You you put mustaches <laughs> on John Leguizamo at, yeah. at will. I'm sure I'm going to get flack on this, but this movie is substantially better than Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Josh oh, you're putting gonna, me in a hard corner position, here, You're Greg. putting Josh in a hard position. You're putting position. me in a hard fucking corner because I hate Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I don't even know how to compare them. Easy solution for this, Boz Lerman's Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I want Boz Lerman's specifically remake of this Super Mario okay. Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, no, correct. it would have to be an adaptation of this source material. Oh, I got it. The movie opens with big lips like Rocky Horror, right? <laughs> but the lips are revealed to be the lips of a P.D. Piranha. Sexily going, disturbing, disturbing. Speaking of the Mario theme, knowing the movie that was to come, opening with it over a production company name felt pretty punk rock. Like imagining being the twelve-year-old sitting in the theater, being like, "Wow, this Super Mario Brothers movie! I can't wait. Yeah, this is gonna be so great." They're it so far, so good. Y'all, I think Brooklyn sixty-five million years ago is that's the joke you're starting with. That's a good joke. And then you delve into the most exposition that has ever been exposition. That Bob Hoskins had to read. No, no, no. That wasn't Bob Hoskins? No. It was Dan Castellaneta. What? Oh, yeah. It was Homer Homer Simpson Simpson himself. What? (laughs) Yes. A long, long time ago, the Earth was ruled by dinosaurs. They were big, so not a lot of people went around hassling them. Actually, no people went around hassling them because there weren't any people yet. Just the first tiny mammals. Basically, life was good. Then something happened. A giant meteorite struck the Earth. Goodbye, dinosaurs. But what if the dinosaurs weren't all destroyed? What if the impact of that meteorite created a parallel dimension where the dinosaurs continue to thrive and evolve into intelligent, vicious, aggressive beings? Just like us. And hey, what if they found a way back? We, the denizens of Video High, have started with a lot of exposition dump movies. The fact that you're calling this one out for being the most exposition (laughs) dumpy out of all of them, fuck you, Josh. Because at least the exposition yeah, here is like is like to the point. They go like, all right, this happened, bada bing, bada boom. It's uh, you know, for sure we get that again and again and again. But like, you know, it is a kids movie. Maybe it's the content and the fact that it comes back yeah. a million and a half times. Well, sixty-five million. <laughs> How realistic is this movie's depiction of Brooklyn Italians, Neil? I would say, I would say. In comparison to the uh, animated movie, I would say it's on par. 
the more realistic the representation of the Italianx community was seeing the two brothers still living at home with their parents at an undisclosed <laughs> age. <laughs> These two guys were a little a little too like well in their ways. Like, where's like the rest of the Mario family? Like, tell me more about them. But yeah. him dating a like a nice girl named Daniela, like that's that's par for the course. <laughs> All she wants to do is go to WWE. Yep. I loved that. Are you talking about rental Marissa Tomei? <laughs> You're talking about my dream girl? The WWE interested Fox who's like totally rolls with the fucking you're now in a dinosaur dimension <laughs> punches. <laughs> like, she was perfect. It does have a brilliant line where, you know, later in the movie when they discover all the missing girls and she's like, these are all the missing girls from Brooklyn, except for that girl. She's from Queens, but she's all right. And it was just like, oh, oh. I also did love the line where Luigi was was like, we used to have dinosaurs in Brooklyn. And he was like, hey, don't get too excited. We used to have Dodgers, too. Yeah. That is a genius Great line. Great line. Great line. Oh. I think you guys are gassing yourselves up. I know. I just want pasta. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Do? Yeah. Oh. That's how it rock. I got a feeling. No, Luigi, forget it. I gotta go with it. Forget it. Rock. Look down there. Where's Luigi? Luigi! I don't believe this. There are two big sins, in my opinion, that this movie commits. One is that it's like 20 minutes too long. Correct, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the time they're back in Brooklyn, despite the fantastic shot of the two towers dissolving, um, I did. Yeah, it's like, it's Wait, like which one, right. which what, what shot are you talking about, Jimmy? Uh, the, the one where Minas Tirith and... Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I see. Where I see. they dissolve, that's what I mean, yeah. And Gondor, sorry, I had to remember the other tower. <laughs> There's also, like, absolutely no reason for Lena to be a second villain. We don't what need two villains. It's just confusing. Despite my love, for the actress. Fiona yes. Shaw. Th- yes. There is no reason for her to be in this Yeah. Movie. Well, she can, I mean, she could be in the movie, but the fact that she has this double heel turn is, is just more confusing than anything. We're just taking time away from fucking Donald Trump, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> it's weird to cut away from him for any reason, seemingly. He's, <laughs> he's just eating all of the damn scenery, which I love. But also maybe... Reading off cue cards, too, which I was... He has been, as everyone seemingly in this movie has been, very vocal about how much he hates it, right? At the same time, he's also so good. (laughs) Like, it's like knowing that, like, Burt Reynolds hated or just didn't understand Boogie Nights or, like, Gene Hackman was like, I don't get the Royal Tenenbaums. It's like, you didn't get you... what this? It's like your best performance in decades. What are you talking <laughs> well, about? You didn't that's get what the movie. About acting, right? Like it's when you're not thinking about it that it's like the most natural performance. <laughs> Maybe that's it. That, yeah, Dennis Hopper was just so checked out that he could order a fucking lizard pizza. It's like, yeah, you're still nailing it, dude. I gotta point out a great acting choice he makes in yes. some shots is that he does hold his yeah. hands like this and. Yeah. I love that, <laughs> that he's just kind of walking around like a little T-Rex at times. But that's also a little Donald Trumpian. And you've touched on something, which maybe that's why this soured in my mouth a little bit when I saw it for the first time, like in 2020. Maybe it's kind of like when you watch Back to the Future 2 now oh. and you're like, 
no, I don't like picturing this world where this man is in charge and clearly everything went to shit because I'm also living it. So like maybe <laughs> maybe that's why I also have like a negative reaction to just Ooh, I didn't think that about imagery. That. That's also as big as the world feels. Like I pictured this universe as just like a little bubble and it's <laughs> just that one city because they give no indication that there's anywhere else in this world. The one the- street <laughs> in the one city. Yeah. I really wish they had like taken the time that they were trying to plot out this world and like explain to you what's going on in Dino Hatton and like really just being like, okay, is this a pocket universe? Does it exist solely within the context of our universe or is it a parallel universe that lies on top of ours? Like, in what ways are these going to merge? I like, am curious about that. <laughs> we had we had a lot of discussion on Riverdale about that because something very similar did happen. Do tell. Where there was a pocket universe that was threatening to oh, really? overtake our own. Oh yeah, season six gets real weird. <laughs> and it was it was a lot of back and forth of just like, what's the difference between a pocket universe and a parallel universe? And I don't think they ever decided oh. in this movie which it was. It does feel really claustrophobic in that you're just like, oh yeah, like this parallel universe is just Dino Hatton. There's nothing else beyond it. it. Yeah, Yeah, they say there's a desert, but that's like... And we briefly see it. Yeah. What would be the implications of either? Well, a pocket dimension essentially is like cancer in our universe. Mm -hmm. It is a dimension that exists that should not exist within our universe. So like, think of like, this is our universe and this is the pocket dimension. And if it keeps growing and growing and growing, it basically just like causes our universe to no longer exist. Whereas the parallel universes, it sounds like they wanted the two to merge. Right, right. A smoshing on top of Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The threat of a pocket dimension is actually more appealing in that case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For like, I'm going to take over the world scenario for Koopa. Yeah. Well, I think though that the plan was was less about Dino Hatton being the thing and more about the large army of very stupid, very large, small-headed dinosaur things. <laughs> I thought it was more resources, they, right? They wa- like, yeah, they wanted was... our resources. Here's the problem, guys. The movie explained it 800 million <laughs> times. And still not clear. And none of you remember. 65 million years. We've been exiled here after the meteorite struck. While mammals roam free in the other dimension. Well, not for long. When you get your rock. When I get the princess. Princess? I need the rock and the princess Stacy. And I'll finally be able to merge our world with theirs and get rid of the mammals. It's everything you've hoped for, everything you've worked for. Uh, later in the movie, like when Dennis Hopper goes in to the throne room of the former king Bowser, I suppose, to, to big dick a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> to just be like, ah, my plan's coming together, you drippy booger. And, and he says, I'm going to get Earth, and I'm going to get those resources. You've been choking this planet too long. About the old king as fungus guy being the reason for, like... A resource drought? This isn't the good guy. This I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying Koopa's the good guy but either. Only but after but, he was but deposed, deposed you know? king <laughs> is blockading his former principality and like killing the people. This is a bad guy. This is a bad royal family we're cheering for. Here. Who's Lance Henriksen? How is Lance Henriksen? I've never been bad. <laughs> what are the ethics though of if they had achieved their goal and they merged our two universes? Would they have been okay using fossil fuels? Ooh. Imagine if we were told you can solve all of the Earth's like energy problems 
You gotta dig up some dead people and use their bones. Neil, this is a very modest proposal that you are coming up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Color me that like the like uh, Halloween gifts of the people like playing skeleton xylophones. I'm, I'm, da- I'm down to throw grandma into the incinerator. <laughs> Grandma's still alive, but yeah. <laughs> if we could somehow power things with uh, human corpses, that would be such a immediate boon to the environment both by taking us off of fossil fuel burning though i guess that would still be fossil fuel burning (laughs) (laughs) less fossilized but also yeah we could finally get all that land back from cemeteries fucking waste what are we doing with them big cemetery big cemetery So maybe Koopa was a good guy. Maybe he did have the right idea. Interesting. This is a Killmonger situation. <laughs> we got to understand that the people of Dino Hatton are, that's that's a that's a desperate city. Yeah. That is a desperate city, Dino Hatton. <laughs> desperate measures are needed. Hello, video. I, I am Donkey Kong. <laughs> tragically cut from Super Mario Brothers movie. No, Casey, you need to sound more like Seth Rogen. Sorry, I have terrible oh, Casey, news. this Donkey Kong. Anyway, after being disinfected, defungused, and pubically deloused, the Mario Brothers are then pulled into a smoky, neo-noir, cat-and-mouse, harshly-lit interrogation scene because it's the 90s and that's what we're doing now. Run by King Koopa who pretends to be an attorney to get information on the meteor piece. This hardly works because the Mario brothers, as conduits of the audience, don't know anything about it. (laughs) So Koopa takes them to the Devo chamber. Q, are we not men? (laughs) A, we are dinos (laughs) who evolved into intelligent life shaped exactly like human beings toad is then de-evolved into a quote goomba a joke i truly can't believe this spaghetti slurping brooklynite take on mario didn't jump on and then crush to death like a well a goomba these aren't scuttling mushroom tips of the games no they are more a I'm the baby gotta love me dinosaur puppet of the SS but they allow the toad Goomba to get his harmonica back to ensure the torture will be complete for the audience Mario and Luigi manage to push Koopa into the Devo chair activating his dormant T-Rex DNA before getting away. They steal a police car, which takes some doing, but unrelated cars are just flying all over the place, so they drive into the Kupahari Desert Tunnel, which is off the electric grid, which means they have an electric grid. (laughs) I don't know what... Exactly, Koopa thinks he's going to find in our dimension, except worse systems. (laughs) Koopa evolves 
Spike and Iggy into a new, more intelligent form of annoying characters. <laughs> Lena and Daisy have yet another scene giving us premise. Yada, yada, cause we meet Yoshi. Oh, 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 Yoshi, he's great. We, I loved Yoshi in this movie. And Dennis Hopper has a line about him being friendly so long as you don't move your hand like a wounded animal, which for Casey, not Donkey Kong, is something I genuinely remember through my whole life and like use when I'm doing, when I'm like around an animal, I think of Dennis Hopper in this movie saying, don't move your hand like a wounded animal. I'm like, oh, that's good advice. I think just around any sort of predator. Koopa then comes to Daisy and says, you know what say about little girls? You know what? Never mind. Everything this guy says is not super cool. <laughs> Mario and Luigi are able to tie up Spike and Icky for another rundown of plot and premise. And it is a triumph alone of a movie to still be so confusing after all these explanations. While Daisy and Yoshi grow closer, Mario Brothers make their way back to Boom Boom Club to find and seduce Bouncer Big Bertha who had taken the meteor. They dress to impress in their classic colors, Mario Yellow and Luigi Red. Then again, they may have been dressing hot, you know, so they had the fire plant activated. Uh, and, ooh, okay. mm, that joke really slipped on a banana peel. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so he's Fozzie Bear? <laughs> Donkey Kong triple threat. <laughs> Act, joke, throw barrels. <laughs> but Goombas show up, Lena gets the rock, and Big Bertha helps them escape with Thwomp Stompers. Koopa big times old king who is, can you believe it, been devolved into a fungus. Why hadn't anyone said anything about that yet? <laughs> Mario and Luigi sneak into Koopas through the, you guessed it, Pipe room. <laughs> Koopa sends away a now liberal arts poli side Spike and Iggy to be executed while complaining to Lena that she just uh, is always bitching all the time. Why doesn't she focus on his needs like the meteor? But turns out she has the meteor that he needs. And the Mario Brothers, now looking like the Mario Brothers, get into a, an elevator to defeat the Koopa. And we get one bit of iconic Mario imagery meeting another when they trick a group of Goombas to dance <laughs> in the elevator. The scene of scenes. Donkey Kong out. <laughs> I'm really having trouble finding interesting or funny things to say about a movie that I only liked and didn't have any problems with is an issue I'm running into right now. Really, the thing that we've glossed over is how awesome this movie looks. This movie looks like a fucking Reverend Horn Heat video threw up on uh, Escape from New York. And that's like a great combination. The scene of the Boom Boom Bar... Out of context, if you were like, this is 2023, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> this All of this fashion has, has come back around. The scene is Mario learning that he's a, he's a masochist. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. He likes getting hit around. Go, go for it. He's probably going to bring that back to his relationship with Daniela, honestly. <laughs> and they're going to have a great time. Yeah. Excuse me. Will you hit me again? I've never seen such fluidity. 
The way his knuckles twirl as you smash them into my face. Dance with me. How hate you all these nights. That's really the only bit of character growth that Mario has in this movie, right? Is realizing he gets oh sexual excitement from being punched in the face. It is. It really Otherwise, is. he is he's sort of figured out from beginning is, to end in this movie. He starts as a great plumber. I, I guess he also has to learn to trust his instincts. That's his other character growth because Luigi's always like, we need to trust my instincts. Actually, not even trust his instincts. Sorry. Trust Luigi's instincts. That's the other growth that Mario has. Because after years of taking care of Luigi, Luigi then takes care of him in that moment. Yeah, Mar- I, that's interesting, Cats right? in to- the cradle in the suit. But also the BDSM. I don't know, man. Now let's devote the next half an hour to talking about Bertha. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do love Bertha. Bertha is a fantastic character. Here's something I did notice, actually, and I don't know if it was intentional or not. So Bertha's like costume, she's covered in spikes and she's wearing the thwomp stompers, right? Like the shoes that let you jump that are then powered by bullet bills, which is also very confusing. <laughs> so sweet. So Short. funny. I love that. I, how do you not appreciate that level of IP usage I'll give to just them that. be like, just name it. Just name it whatever. We, just Yeah, bullet, it's bullet bill powered, sure. But here's the thing. So do we think that they were hanging a hat on the fact that the Thwomp shoes didn't look anything like the Thwomps in the game by having the character who's wearing them have spikes all over her? Interesting, like, like a the, Thwomp. Like the Thwomp things that, ha- that like they're, they're mm. squares that got spikes. I don't know. I'm stretching here. I was trying to like a thing in the movie. So you're saying Thwomps aren't the shoes. It's the person who wears yeah. them. Mm, yes. <laughs> like Michael Jordan's. <laughs> Air, like Air Jordan's. Greg, you were, all your descriptions of the world. I have one for myself. It looks like Mad Max Rainbow Road. Mm, mm. I mean, I'm here for it. That, again, uh, the, all the things I that got, you wow, say. I got nothing. All, I, got, I, I, I like. It was a nodder. It was a nodder. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, yeah. It was, we were thoughtfully. Good thing yeah, I'm the one that edits the video reels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait. We could all go. <laughs> <He's dead. laughs> Once again, Josh has killed the. <laughs> this is like vibe. the eighth time. Eighth time I make a joke. Dead. Dead air. Just... It's okay. Our audience doesn't know. It's fine. I mean, Josh, I think. I don't know. I, 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 uh, sorry, this, this is a delayed reaction, but I think they dressed Big Bertha in that spiky outfit because she looked fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, Fair enough. Uh, that's the thing about this movie is I think the style is visionary, regardless of your feelings on the final product. Speaking of style, the Goombas. All right. Evil. Our old king! You try to get rid of him, but the king is everywhere! You can't get rid of him! later alligator you may think of evolution as an upward process things evolve from primeval slime up to single cell organisms up to intelligent life the evolution of course works the opposite way back to simpler forms for instance even our musical friend Toad can become a loyal child of the royal family. Goomba. So the animatronic on the Goomba is great. 
Love I it. will give it full credit. It has motion. It's got like great little details. They've got variety. They've got like the little lizard guys and the like roundy personality. I love that toad Goomba. Throughout this movie, that toad Goomba really endears to me. It is also nightmare fuel, though. I hate it so much. <laughs> it gets so much negative attention, and it is so great. It's, it's cool. so weird. I, I'll give you that it's cool. It can be both cool and I hate it at the same I time. I also do love that in this fascist society that punishes Toad for, you know, being a musician, basically, they did give him back <laughs> his harmonica in his Goomba form, and I thought that they was... They had to know they were sabotaging themselves by doing that, right? Like... I don't know if they could have predicted that somehow the Goombas are taught to sway to a specific music piece would come back to bite them. No, but you know. <laughs> Mojo Nixon, who is just playing the character that Tom Waits ought be playing. He looks like if Tom Waits was put in the de-evolution machine. <laughs> There's something funny about a movie that is so, it's bringing up evolution in like the least scientific way, right? Yeah. But but, yeah. but very proud of its knowledge, seemingly, of the eras of the dinosaur, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, si the science of this movie sure seems a lot like the science of Jurassic Park, though. So, like... <laughs> yeah, right. And and this movie, you know, is better than Jurassic Park. So. Just winding me up like a bob bomb here. Damn. <laughs> now you're just trying to trigger Josh. Now this is... This is, this is Treading on bullying, Greg. It's not better, it's not better than Carnosaur, mind you. Not no, better oh than Carnosaur. No, no, no. No way. Perhaps if I could just make you idiots smarter, you won't screw up this time. Nothing, Buzz. No, no, no! No! Quite an agreeable transmogrification. More like a um, transfiguration. Ah, a simple metamorphosis. Hmm. Huh? Enough. Both of you, go to the desert. Excuse me, excuse me. That hardly seems logical, does it? Perhaps we should stay and formulate our own strategy. Tete-a-tete, inner circle, that sort of thing. If you do not return with the plumbers and the rock, I shall personally kill you. We're going after you. I did agree with not yours, but Donkey Kong's plot synopsis that yes, Bike and Iggy were very annoying, although I do absolutely love Fisher Stevens. But I did love that they looked like a couple of fucking Apple teeny salesmen. <laughs> did we think they were more or less annoying before the evolution? Oh, they were oh, more, more annoying more. after De the evolution. Before there were flowers for Algernon, you mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah. Fisher Stevens a lot. I like Richard Edson a lot, too. Like, that just, he's like such a good that guy, right? For like all the 80s. And he was another person who came out publicly and was like, I couldn't get the stain of this movie off me. Like, this was a killer for me. And it's like, you know, when you're a, when you're an actor who doesn't have a super huge name yet, it's like, it's hard to shake the stink of a movie like this, right? It's like, all right, calm down, dude. It's not like you're bringing a material. Also, like, you were in so many... You got Do the Right Thing. You got Ferris Bueller. Like, how, you were a drummer in Sonic Youth. How much do you need, Richard Edson? <laughs> the Mario Brothers movie. Come on, dude. You got the career. Stop, stop, stop punching down on this movie. I got very defensive as I read more about this movie. I got very <laughs> defensive for it. Of the movie. You're, you yeah. need to be on the movie side. This movie needs more white knights. I took some of the attacks. I took some of the slights very personally. The slights of people who lived through the experience. <laughs> and yeah, did yeah. It. They're yeah. wrong. They missed. They missed. It. <laughs> Video game a plumber oh here my. with your act oh, three wow. recap. Oh, I remember you. This I have is a, video a character game that's been previously established. Right. <laughs> oh no. 
Oh no, oh, Neil. Uh, let me introduce video game plumber. He's a Mario Halloween costume knockoff. Start off as a roll call joke in the Halloween episode, uh, and I guess he's gained sentience. <laughs> also, sometimes he's a tad racist. He's a rough hand, Neil. I'm sorry. With the Goombas all distracted by their slow dancing, Mario and Luigi climb out of the elevator. Meanwhile, Daisy is running around from Lena. She runs into Toad and into Iggy and Spike, who are being dragged along by a Goombas. Toad plays his little harmonica and is immediately blasted by fireballs from the other two Goombas. In the commotion, Iggy and Spike get free. They tell Daisy they've always been on her father's side, so they bring her to meet him. And uh, we see that her father is, uh, how you say, a great big stock rocket dangling from the ceiling <laughs> over a dusty throne. And they just sort of leave her there. Goomba gets a call from the mustachioed cop about the Goombas being rallied. So now Koopa knows that Lena betrayed him and has the rock. Daisy introduces the Mario Brothers to her father. Luigi immediately vibes how he's been trying to help them this whole time. Daisy tells Mario that his girlfriend is also in this dino dimension. He runs to rescue her. Luigi and Daisy get grabbed by Koopa and some Goombas. Meanwhile, Lena exits the subway, but the mustachioed cop stops her and takes her the rock. So now Koopa has Luigi, Daisy, and the rock. He musters the Goombas with their de-evolution guns. Also, he still wants his pizza. You know those T-Rex men always wanting summer pizza. They're all the same. <laughs> Mario finds Daniela and the Brooklyn Gap in a cell guarded by a Goomba with a coloring book. Mario and Daniela silently communicate a plot to escape, but one of the gals blows their cover and all hell breaks loose. Mario jumps on the Goomba, who sadly doesn't go squish like in the game. <laughs> Mario rallies the Brooklyn gals. They grab a mattress for some cool runnings through the frozen pipes. Some Goombas follow them, but really nothing comes of that. Mario and the gals burst out of the pipes onto the only street set, and because there are only 20 minutes left in the movie, they fly directly into the Goombas holding Luigi and Daisy hostage. While Koopa monologues again about how he's going to de-evolve all of Earth, Luigi helps Mario load a cartridge into a thrompa stomper. They shoot it at Koopa, sending him flying into a hanging metal uh, platform thing. Luigi tells Mario to trust the fungus. So Mario grabs some fungus and Tarzans his way over to Koopa's platform. Mario makes Koopa drop the rock. In her attempt to grab it, Lena falls on some dangerously exposed power lines. She doesn't die though. She just gets some cool bride of Frankenstein hair and goes <laughs> running into the sewers towards the media. Luigi and Daisy and the Brooklyn gals follow her. Mario uses a shoelace to fool Koopa into thinking he's still got the rock. They have a chase through sparky traffic over to one of Dino Hatton's many steel walkways. Mario pulls out the teeny Dino Bomb Bomb the Fungus King gave him. Everyone on the street freaks out. Mario winds it up, but it falls through a grate into some fungus. But he keeps a walking. While Lena struggles to shove the rock into the media, Luigi leads the gals back to Brooklyn. Lena gets blasted into a wall because apparently only Daisy can handle the energy or something or other. But this time she really is a dead because she's been turned into a fossil. <laughs> Luigi shrugs off this horrifying death. <laughs> Daisy and Luigi go to work on getting the rock out of the meteor. Mario and Koopa and some Goombas are teleported to the dig site in Brooklyn. Koopa tries to shoot Mario with the Devo gun, but Mario jumps out of the way, so the beam hits Capelli, turning him into a chip. The whole crowd laughs 
at the horrified transformation. Mario trusts the fungus yet again and is protected from another Devo blast by a giant springy mushroom. Daisy and Luigi get the rock back. Everyone's teleported back. And Koopa isn't happy about this. He starts shooting fireballs everywhere. Luigi and Mario hit him with two Devo rays, which turns him into a pretty cool Dino Man for a second. And here's where we get the most important piece of exposition in the whole of movie. Reeboks exist in the Dino <laughs> Dimension. <laughs> Chekhov's bomb shows us it's the Reeboks branded feet before exploding <laughs> underneath Koopa. Now Koopa's a big dinosaur. So Mario and Luigi keep zapping him with Devo rays until he turns into primordial goo. Our heroes have a prevailed! The Goombas waltz in celebration. The fungus turns into Lance freaking Hendrickson. Mario and Luigi are ready to go home, but Daisy wants to stay. Luigi wants to stay with her, and Mario gives a monologue explaining everything that Luigi and Daisy can't express with their act. The Mario brothers return home through the portal. Cut to three weeks later. Mario and Daniela are cooking up a nice Italian dinner while Luigi watches Our Miraculous Worlds on TV. Daisy walks into the apartment, looking more Mad Maxi than ever. She tells the brothers she needs their help. Everyone suits up for a sequel that was never to be. That's all from me, video game a plumber. Now I'm a girl go home through this big old pipe over here. I was not happy to see that guy again. <laughs> I think he kept it actually pretty. He kind of chilled out on the racism. He was. He was. You pretty, know, a little he bit. He was cool. a little worse the last for time him, he was for here. Him, for him. For him. God, this movie's insane. <laughs> My notes stopped <laughs> because yeah. it just, it, they it, just straight up jumped off a cliff and were not saved by fungus. <laughs> I really zoned out through the third act. Of oh this no! Movie. I, I. That's what I said. My notes. It, it's. It's mush. It's. It's mush. And yet you're all defending this as the pinnacle of filmmaking. Well, you didn't. You never zoned out during Citizen Kane. You never <laughs> zoned out during some of the old classic. You know, sometimes it's it's a different time. It doesn't mean doesn't mean the cinema is any less powerful, Josh. <laughs> it stops making any lick of sense. Soon, you and everyone in your world will will be devolved into monkeys. Ha! 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 Take my tools and get out of those handcuffs. You hold fire! Mario! What? Take my belt! Trust the fungus. It's just he gets in that foundry machine, right? <laughs> and they, they're just up there so dang long. Yeah. <laughs> just in that... Just in that... In that bucket for so long. <laughs> yeah! And I that... don't really know what's happening. Yeah, a lot sure happens in that bucket. Yeah, the babam is walking around for a very long time. Sometimes it falls over, and sometimes it's able to walk up walls. Its uh, <laughs> consistency of walking ability is suspect. It's playing the babam that I face whenever I play Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you walk to me now. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Welcome, welcome back, babam. <laughs> And then the movie itself kind of forgets that the king was a loose end they needed to tie up, and they definitely did a pickup shot, being like, sh sh <laughs> Lance. Right, that had to be a pickup, right? Yes, yeah, because he's just like sitting there like- I mean, I will say, I do love classic little sleight of hand gag where he's like got 
some confetti in his hand and he goes up to cough after he's turned back and he goes and a bunch of confetti like spurts out like he's just come back yeah. from being a fungi like you don't need good. to do that in a feature film but okay <laughs> no, that's just good cinema y'all the little details like that are literally the shit that give me life <laughs> i also love that the fucking fungus king was always trying to give them Talking of babams, trying to give him a babam all movie. Like all movie, the fungus is just like, babam, would you like that? And, the, and Luigi's keeps like, look, it's trying to give us something. Mario's like, come on, we got no time. Like it's so funny to dangle Mario video game imagery, like literally in the frame, be like, you want this? And the audience is like, yes. And Mario's like, no, come on, later. We're merging. You don't have the rock. You filthy man. <laughs> We're merging! <laughs> it only opened recently. Why do you have a Twin Towers? And why do you have the Statue of Liberty? That doesn't make sense. You I don't do know have an New York answer is. for that based on another deleted scene or the original script at Wait, least. Wait, really? Yes, I, ha I can answer this question real fast. Ooh. So when Koopa corners daisy's mom apparently that was his first time getting out of dino hatton and into manhattan he hadn't realized there was a whole parallel world before and he was completely entranced with the skyline of manhattan and then he begins to shape dino hatton in that image oh and that's why there's a statue of liberty in the twin towers that's, that's this movie great. which does Rules. beg the question what happened in 2001 in dino hatton <laughs> We can't talk about that. Because <laughs> you're not asking the right questions, the question, Fred. Yeah. Bombs can't melt steel beams. I think they could. The way they react to Neil bombs. Neil literally ducked out of the Zoom window as we started doing 9-11 bits. That's smart. This is a, this is a social media savvy guy. <laughs> really, I was just plugging my laptop in. Yeah. Speaking of, this is when the Twin Towers show up in this movie. Yep. You mean the Death Star Twin Towers? The, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, the, like little tiny bits taken out of them. you get like the art director from blade runner to be your production designer and you know you're gonna get some cool buildings all right <laughs> i i am sad we did see and it's probably a budget limitation thing but i am sad we didn't get to see more of the merged new york yes and dino hatton and the movie's already running long but if that scene of them coming to new york had more like stuff popping up everywhere left and right. I really would have dug that if one of the sparky cars like showed up on the street. Like and... the DeLorean just yeah. like like came out and then was unable to run because we don't have an electric grid that supports <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Also like for all of the buildup of, you know, an army of monkey slaves for them to like control we just got one monkey they could only get one monkey <laughs> this is like in dr mordred yeah. yes! they were like oh no the door is gonna open and thousands of monsters are gonna come out and the doors start to open and we get like two or three stop motion little monster guys and then it's just like bang they lose and then the doors just close and like ah shit it's like what this movie fucking got us. This, yeah, yeah. It full mooned us. I just want to understand the logic of this meteor piece. Yeah. It's like, that is yes, the please. big question. question in my mind is like, is it magical? <laughs> uh, yes, because it can't be science. It, it can't be, be. sci-fi. There's the implication that magic does exist in this world. And is that where we think the sequel would have gone? Oh, I would have loved that if like... 
what if one of the Koopa, like, because doesn't Koopa's got like wizard guys, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, they it's do. It's in like yes. the second. that flies around on the broomstick. Yeah, yes. that guy. If that guy showed up, wait, who would he be? John DeTuro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so John DeTuro comes in as the Koopa, King Koopa's the kids flying wizard guy. <laughs> yeah. What did the meteor piece do again? It's a key to the portal. But did it do anything else? If it was reunited with the thing, it merged the dimensions. Right, 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 right. Also, I guess it does power the portal. And but they shoot it like a laser at it, right? Yeah, they shoot it like a laser at the door. Wait, but why did the portal close? Because then, like, go up to the wall. Right? They go up to the wall, wall and, and they're it, like feeling and it, it and they're like, it's solid rock now. There's nothing there. Well, because she still controls it, right? So she can probably open up the portal. Yeah, but whenever. why did it close in the fr- I hate the logic in this movie. <laughs> what logic? <laughs> exactly. Maybe it sort of worked like, hear me out, Pirates of the Caribbean rules, where <laughs> that little piece of meteor breaking off the meteor, it's in one dimension and the meteor's in another. So once we bring those two pieces together, the dimensions will be mix back together like a magnet sort of thing yeah really my biggest question is after bob hoskins is transported with koopa to new york when they undo it why does he go back he's from right he's from new york plane of existence right why would the merging of the worlds back take him back. Mm, mm-hmm. Unless. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe he. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say maybe he was from the other Earth originally, similar to Daisy. Oh, I'm here for that. Oh, my oh. God. Wait. I guess that's actually what has been set up. That actually makes sense because there's like the whole bit about them all being orphans and stuff. Right. We don't, yeah, we don't know. We, Did we just blow this wide open? We didn't start with a flashback, but it wouldn't be surprising. I'm in. I'm here for that. Oh, my God. That's what the sequel should have been. That all Italians are just from Dino Hatton. All Italians are from <laughs> Dino Hatton. <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom, here we come from. Oh. oh all right. That's a spicy meatball. That's what they should have said about the meteor. <laughs> I'm back. Love those plumbers. R O R C rip off report card. R O R C rip off report card. It doesn't have Donkey Kong in it because he wasn't in the movie. R O R C rip off report card. Nice, to the DK rap. To the DK rap. (laughs) The Super Mario Brothers ripoff report card is brought to you by Coop, Gwyneth Scaletro's new health and wellness brand. With piranha plant-based alternatives, your daily omega-3 cheap, cheap oils, and our vaginal healing Yoshi eggs. All directed by Coop-sponsored spiritual literature, such as Drop It Like a Thwomp, or How to Give Your Sex Life a Green Mushroom. Oh, Oh, it's goopier than the movie. The 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie has its fair share of detractors, some on this podcast. (laughs) And some even coming from inside the movie itself. In a 2007 interview with The Guardian, star Bob Hoskins called the movie the worst thing I ever did. Quote, it had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. 
After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare, fucking idiots. <laughs> Dennis Hopper told the LA Times when they visited the set in 1992 that the directors not giving them an interview was, quote, the only intelligent thing I've heard that they've really actually done. <laughs> and apparently got so upset at one point during the many on-set script rewrites, he took it out on screenwriter Parker Bennett by pulling out a copy of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and pointing out the definition for the word act. But you know what? What do those guys know? They're dead. <laughs> and Super Mario Brothers movie lives on. Its legacy means way more than, what, a good movie? I'm not just saying that, you know, the hot takes have continued. Sure, even Seth Rogen, a guy like me who has played Donkey Kong, says that the movie was so bad it actually taught him that a movie could even be bad. But I think you have to look at a movie from more angles than just the frankly myopic binary of good and bad. What is a movie's effect upon art and culture? <laughs> there was recently a restoration screening shown at the New Beverly Cinema this past March. In director Rocky Morton's own words, the March 11th screening washed away the stain. My thought was there would be 10 or 20 people there, but it was jam-packed. There were people queuing up around the block for extra tickets. The audience was laughing and clapping at all the right places. They weren't doing it ironically. It was genuine. It felt like being at a film festival. It was vindicating. It took 30 years of bad feeling to be wiped out in one evening. A lot has been said about the Super Mario Brothers movie ruining video game adaptations in Hollywood. But is that true? This year we got a new Super Mario Brothers movie aiming at giving people what they want, direct intellectual property recognition transferred to the silver screen. That decision was made in Miyamoto's own words to avoid mistakes made in the past <laughs> with film adaptations. So I would say far from Super Mario Brothers 1993 ruining video game movies, inspired them to have their greatest heyday. We got a Super Mario Brothers movie this year. In 2024, we're getting a third Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Warner Brothers got a Minecraft movie in the works. You go to the page of films based on video games, there are TBAs from just about every movie studio coming out until surely I die. <laughs> and Bob Hoskins, star of Mario, was very vocal about how much he detested <laughs> being in this movie. But his son, Jack Hoskins, does not share that opinion. Through a website now known as smbmovie.com, a forum for appreciators of the Super Mario Brothers 1993 movie. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on this archive, y'all. It's a crazy forum. I don't have time to get into all of it, but there is one post from Jack Hoskins, son of Bob Hoskins, saying, if there's anyone reading this, please understand there's no one's intention to ruin the classics. If you remember your past enjoyments, then it would definitely keep your childhood memories alive and safely locked in your head forever. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> and that has been the Super Mario Brothers ripoff report card. Do 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 ripoff report card. Casey Digis now. Do 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 do. That was the ripoff report card. <laughs> that was better than mine. You should have done the intro. <laughs> Luigi Mario. Damn.
Daisy! You gotta come with me, I need your help. Michael, what, what's wrong? You're never gonna believe this. I believe it. You do? <laughs> I believe. All right, everybody, let's pipe back up into <laughs> the classroom, climb those stairs, and jump onto the flagpole to figure out what from the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie might be on the final test. From now on, all product placement in movies and TV will be graded on the bob scale. Reese's Pieces in E.T., 6 out of 10. <laughs> Coke and McDonald's in Mac and Me, 9 out of 10. Krispy Kreme in Power Rangers, 3 out of 10. Reeboks on Bomb Moms, 10 out of 10. This whole episode really devolved into chaos. <laughs> Nintendo, don't give it another moment's thought. <laughs> For the fact that this movie shouts out the idea of de-evolution and like writes the band's name on the walls, <laughs> the fact that there is not a single Devo track on the soundtrack <laughs> is a true missed opportunity. God, if Devo wrote the original song for the end credits, I would have a completely different opinion. They could only afford Roxette. <laughs> Roxette! <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I'm gonna win. Uh, all right, look. <laughs> I don't have anything, okay? I just, I like the movie, all right? This is, this is what happens. I was just satisfied with the movie experience. <laughs> That's what happens. I learned where my brain is least creative and is in a space of total satisfaction. <laughs> is it good? I don't know. <laughs> but it entertains me in a way that most other movies don't. So I think I like it. Right. And that's what we ask for for movies, right? Oh, I thought of a final joke. At one point, King Koopa says when they, to the, one of the cops, help these Marios around the side of the building, which is exactly how uh, Greg's family got into the country. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much to our teacher, Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme music, Justin Ferrero of the Rizzos for our bed music, and Shear for our logo, and the entire Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, and me, Josh Roth. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much to our additional classmate for the week, Player number five, Neil McNeil. Thanks for Woo! having me. Thank, Thank you, for you so much. Do you have uh, anything to plug for us while you're here? Well, the Writers Guild is officially on strike, so I hope just you're all standing that. in Wait, solidarity. Really? Yeah, Wait, breaking news? Yeah, Did breaking it just news happen? just happened. Oh, damn. Yeah. 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 So so yes. See y'all on the picket lines. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We are plugging union solidarity. There we go. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Let's uh, go. Let's go. Do you want to use this space to uh, lay down what we're, <laughs> what we're fighting for? Some demands? Yeah, what we're fighting we for. We just want 2% of what the studios are making to help writers make a livable wage and to make sure that they're not dicking us out of opportunities and creating these small environments where they only have to pay writers for... 10, 15 weeks versus a usual 22, 25 week show um, just because they want to cut costs because they don't know how to spend their money properly. That's 
sounds reasonable? totally unreasonable. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I saw a sign today that said we want two percent of what the one percent has. Ooh, that's a good sign. Yeah. Fitting. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And during this strike and after, where can people find you on social medias? You can find me at uh, at Neil underscore McNeil on Twitter. I'll probably just be tweeting a whole bunch of shirtless selfies and union pros. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram just at Neil McNeil. That's where I'll be. Thank you. And I believe you are still seeking representation as well, and you're oh, yes. a very talented writer. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. It is uh, Warzone out there, so any and all leads help, and just look out for your fellow writer right now. If you if you know a writer who's out of work right now, <laughs> buy him a coffee or something. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a good message. Wait, we are not talking about this movie at all. <laughs> like, the details of it, and I love it. And yet we're talking about it a lot. It's sort of what the movie does about its own premise, too. Simple Equations Podcast Network.